Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Tech giant Google faced a mass walkout this week over the way it treats its female workforce. Former Google employee Sarah Cooper turned some of these workplace frustrations into comedy gold with her advice on non-threatening leadership strategies for women. She battled through a heavy cold and talked to Emma Jacobs about her new book on how to be successful without hurting men's feelings. How are you feeling? Um, you know, I can swallow again and I, I have my voice, but I'm, now I have like kind of this cold thing. So it's just a, a daily thing of just getting better slowly, I think. Oh no, right yeah. at the wrong time. You know, anytime I have like a big week, this has happened since I was little, like if I had a birthday party coming up, I would always just get so excited that I was, I would make myself sick and I feel like it's just the same thing over again. That wouldn't be an excuse on X Factor, would it? <laughs> yeah. You just have to sing through, Sarah. Well, I, I don't have a voice, any. I don't have a good singing voice anyway, so I wouldn't make it on there regardless. <laughs> So we're talking about how to be successful without hurting men's feelings, your new book. How did you come up with the title? Um, so I workshopped the title based on the original post that I wrote, which was Nine Non-Threatening Leadership Strategies for Women. And I have a Facebook group of uh, friends and family that's a private group that I, I kind of bounce ideas off of before I share them with the world. And uh, that was just the title that everybody thought was uh, the funniest. And um kind of hit the nail on the head. And uh, I love uh, I love one-liners as a comedian. I just love something that's funny and you get it immediately. And that just seemed like the, the title that people would just immediately get um, the point of the book. But not everyone did get the point, didn't they? Right. Well, some people don't realize it's a joke. And I mean, that's something that I run into with satire all the time. I think that, that it's so obvious that I'm kidding. Um, I ran into this with 10 Tricks to Appear Smart Meetings because to me, the joke is even in the title there, but people didn't get it. They didn't, you know, they, they really thought I was trying to tell people that they should appear smart and not be smart <laughs> in meetings. And they got very upset about that as well. So honestly, I mean, I think when people don't get the joke and they take it very seriously, that can be very funny too. So <laughs> I take some pleasure in that as well. And did you find that it was mainly men not getting the joke or was it women too? It's women too. I mean, I think sometimes people just take it what they read very literally. And there's nothing wrong with that, but especially in the business world, like on LinkedIn, you know, if you're in sort of a work mode where everything is sort of written very literally and earnestly, and then you see something that's sounds like it could be a business article that's very serious. And it's hard for you to switch into sort of a sarcastic dry mode, dry humor mode. Um, you know, you, you think to yourself, wait a second, is she trying to tell women how to be less threatening? Um, and then they immediately, without even looking at it, comment that this is irresponsible advice. And of course, it's irresponsible advice. I don't want anyone to follow any of this advice. That's kind of the whole point. And uh, I mean, can you give some advice to me on how to be successful without hurting men's feelings? Uh, sure. Well, the first thing you have to do is to never interrupt them and never cut them off if they're explaining something that you already understand. And so the book has some blank pages to doodle on while men are talking and you need to let them finish. And I think that that's one of the most important things that women have to do to be non-threatening. Something else is, you know, if you're presenting an idea in a meeting, you don't want to just say, here's an idea. You want to, you know, preface it with, I'm just thinking out loud here, or this is probably stupid, but, or this is a crazy idea, which is a great way to just uh, make it seem like you don't really know what you're talking about. And then, of course, my favorite trick is just to 
wear a mustache, uh, which immediately makes you seem more male and therefore, you know, less threatening. And you might even get promoted if you wear one. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of your um, sketches are about appearance and modifying your tone. I mean, you you came into some trouble. I mean, before doing comedy, well, alongside it a while ago, you were working at Google and Yahoo. Mm-hmm. And so were these things that you found at work that you were too aggressive or straight or straight speaking, well, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think when I first started at Google, I would blurt things out and I would kind of blurt out my opinion on something. And if it was a negative opinion, it was seen as insensitive. And so I got the feedback that I needed to be more sensitive when sharing negative feedback. And um after that, I think I pretty much did a lot of the things that you see in my book. Um, and I didn't enjoy it because it felt kind of like I was, you know, not really being myself. I was kind of changing how I spoke and I was being less direct than I could have been. Um, and then as a manager, though, I did see women who were very excited and passionate and, you know, spoke very fast and very interested in what they were doing. And they were sort of labeled as aggressive and they needed to be reined in and things like that. And, and so some of it was, were things that I did, but more of it were things that I saw happen to my coworkers or things that my colleagues have told me happened to them. Like, for example, the idea that you shouldn't be the one to vouch for yourself to get a promotion, but you should get a male coworker to say that you deserve a promotion. That was something that a friend shared with me about how she wanted to go out for promotion. But really, if she showed that kind of ambition, you know, she would be seen as like thinking about herself too much and, and not thinking about the team and, and being sort of competitive in a way that women aren't allowed to be. But once she had a coworker kind of put her name out there for the promotion, then it made it okay. And so things like that are just, there's all of these stories that women have around the workplace like this. Are your friends used to you kind of drifting off mentally filing anecdotes that you can use later? Yeah. I mean, when I wrote 10 tricks to appear smart meetings, uh, I had was still working at Google and I was scared to put it out there because I didn't want my coworkers to think I was making fun of them, even though I was making fun of them. And, uh, I didn't know what the reaction would be, but the second it came out and people started reading it, they just thought it was so funny. And then they started coming up to me and asking me if I'd put their meeting trick into my next post and sort of pitching um, ideas to me for different satirical articles. So most people are kind of cool with it and excited about it. And they'll say something and be like, oh, maybe you can put this into something. So it's been kind of cool to see that, you know, people are are very open to uh, having whatever they do or or these situations turn into humor yeah although as a journalist you often get people saying oh don't write this down and you're just thinking it's not very interesting so no problem there my parents do that a lot because my parents say ridiculous things all the time and so my mom will say something and she'll be like wait don't put this into your into your uh, set (laughs) you know and um, I mean, I thought it was, I kept sharing bits of it on WhatsApp, I'm afraid, with um, friends, uh, because it was so good on the kind of contortions that women try and wind themselves into trying to be not too aggressive, but also, you know, put yourself forward and all these kind of, it, there's no possible way you can manage to do all these things at the same time, these kind of conflicting messages we get about workplace and women, but also the kind of double standards that men and women get 
I mean, I loved in particular the one with the man with four children, you know, how he's seen as a responsible father who deserves a promotion and then the woman seen as irresponsible probably hasn't got her mind on the job if she's got four children too. Right. So the man with four children is seen as, oh, well, he definitely needs more money because he has to take care of his family and we need to promote him. But then with the the woman with four children is seen as someone, well, she's probably going to not be able to be as dedicated to her job because she has four children and she needs to take care of her children. So maybe we shouldn't put her in these positions of leadership. And that's something I don't have kids myself, but friends of mine who do have kids have felt that. And so that's really tough. And it just feels like a relic of a bygone era of um, men being the breadwinners and seen as, you know, not the ones to help around the house or to help take care of their kids. And the men's achievement stickers, one of them is, uh, didn't refer to watching my kids as babysitting. That was something that someone else mentioned. And so there are things like that where it, it feels like men are still seen in that role, whereas women aren't, even though at this point, I mean, a lot of women are earning as much as or more than their husbands. So it, it really doesn't seem like it should apply as much anymore. I mean, the workplace is ripe with comic material. And as you're no longer working at Google, do you find it harder to find workplace material? You've become kind of estranged from the workplace. Yes. So I that is something that I've been struggling with. I've been out of Google for four years. And so this is probably my last book about sort of workplace stuff because I don't I'm not around it as much anymore. And so I'm probably going to start talking about things that are more relevant to me and what I what I do, you know, as a comedian and as a writer. And and so, yeah, I mean, it definitely the best part of all of this was that I was coming up with this stuff while I was supposed to be paying attention to meetings. And I was basically being paid to come up with comedy ideas, but don't tell Google that. And uh, so now it's it's just a little bit different. I'm just, that's kind of how I like to do um, a lot of my writing is just what I'm exposed to and what inspires me and the material is just around me. And so, yeah, I'll probably write less about this kind of stuff. And are you still on good terms with Google? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my husband still works there. Uh, so uh, very happy with the health insurance that Google <laughs> still provides for our family. So yeah, I mean, I'll always have a special place in my heart for Google, especially because I met him there. And I have a lot of friends who still work there. And and did they invite you back as an inspirational speaker? Oh, yeah, I did speak there about 100 tricks to appear smart in meetings. And um, yeah, I've gone there a few times to do some speaking engagements. Sarah, that's a massive shame that you're going to stop doing workplace comedy. Oh, I know. (laughs) It seems like workers are bursting with someone to take the mickey out of everything around them. But I try to figure out a way to just insert myself into business meetings so that I can (laughs) get some more material. Come here. Um, I haven't figured out how to do that yet. (laughs) What do you think the next topic that you're going to write about will be? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, we're going to adopt a dog, so I'm sure there'll be something about uh, getting a dog. <laughs> that's, the, that's as far as I can think right now. <laughs> Does the dog know it's there for, for your comedy career? <laughs> we're going to name it um, Comedic Inspiration so it knows <laughs> its role in my life. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sarah. It's really good to talk to you. Yeah, great talking to you too. That was Emma Jacobs talking to Sarah Cooper. You can find a link to her latest book in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature next week. 
In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.